0: From New York City, welcome to Mark to Markets. I'm your host, Mark Penziner. On this podcast, we discuss topics related to your money, markets, and issues near and far from personal finance. On this episode, I've invited Fred Schulman to join me. Fred is the managing partner of Schulman Blitz, a law firm based in Manhattan that represents injured victims of motor vehicle accidents, premises accidents, medical malpractice, and other types of negligence. In his over 20-year career, Fred has recovered hundreds of millions of dollars in compensation for his clients. He's been named to the list of top 100 attorneys in the metropolitan New York City area for the last three years in a row by super lawyers. And maybe most importantly, he was my summer camp counselor. Fred, thanks for joining.
1: Uh, It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me, Mark. And um, yeah, you and I go way back. I used to yell at you for uh, not making your bed and uh, not not keeping your cubbies nicely organized. So uh, we've certainly... So we've come a a long way, way, haven't we? (laughs) We certainly have.
0: So I wanted to bring you on to this podcast, because there have been a number of times in my life where I've called you for advice. And it's not because I've been in an accident, but it's more been about, hey, I've got to buy insurance and I don't know how much to get. Why don't I call the guy who sues people for a living? So I think it would be interesting for our listeners to get a feel for how much someone who's on your side of the table thinks the average business owner person living their life should have an insurance. Remember, there's auto insurance, there's homeowners insurance, there's all different types. So how do they, how should someone think about it?
1: Right. So, so the overriding thought process should be, I need to have enough insurance to protect my assets. Um, If I own a home, if I have bank accounts, if I have investments, whatever assets I have, I want to have sufficient insurance to protect my assets because I don't want to expose myself to the possibility of having a judgment entered against me. If I, injure someone else or if someone else gets injured as a result of my negligence I don't want to expose myself to have a, to having a judgment entered against me in excess of the available insurance that I have
0: because if 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 one is sued and they have insurance the insurance is going to pay but to the extent they don't have insurance or insurance doesn't cover the the amount of the judgment then frankly you're going after the assets right
1: oh absolutely if 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 someone you know, if I'm representing a client who was injured on, on your property um, due to your negligence and you obviously have homeowner's insurance that, that provides liability insurance for accidents that occur on your pol- uh, on your property um, and, you know, if you only have a million dollars in, in insurance on uh, in homeowner's insurance on your property and my client has an injury worth two million dollars, I'll take the million from your insurance and then I'll come after you personally for the other million if my client's injuries are worth $2 million. So I'll force you to sell your house or I'll come after your bank accounts. So yes, the, the point is you want to have enough insurance to um, protect to protect your assets.
0: Boy, you sound like a lovely individual. <laughs> <laughs> I'll come after your house and your home. Um, but, but there's a type of insurance you've talked to me about when I was getting a car that I had never heard of. And I've heard you speak about this being maybe the most important type of insurance that people don't know about. So it's probably worth sharing.
1: It, it, it's 100% worth sharing. And and not only you, but a lot of my friends and my family members I, I, I speak to all the time. And, and it's called UM-SUM insurance. UM stands for Uninsured Motorist Coverage. SUM stands for Supplemental Underinsured Motorist Coverage. Um, it is by far the most important insurance that you need to have that you probably don't know about. Um, and let me tell you, what, what is it? it yeah, so what it, yeah. It, it, it protects. It protects you in 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 the event that you get injured. Let's say you're driving your car, and you have a green light. You proceed through the intersection. The other guy coming the opposite direction has a red light, blows through the red light, and smashes into you, and you. God forbid, get terribly injured, um, and let's say that guy either doesn't have insurance on the car or has a minimal insurance policy. In New York State, the minimum required insurance uh, is, is $25,000 of insurance. Um, but let's say your injuries are worth $500,000. You, you had terrible injuries, you needed surgery, you were out of work for a time period. So once we get the 25000 from the other guy's insurance – the, the tort tortfeasor the negligent guy then if you have sum insurance we can then make a claim to your the sum portion of your insurance policy on your car over and above the 25,000 that we got from the other guy
0: so i'm uh, making a claim against my own policy
1: you are making a claim against your own policy that your 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 concern i can hear it in your voice says will that affect my premiums because I'm making a claim <laughs> against my own policy? I, Correct. Right? Did I anticipate yes. that correctly? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so the answer is no. The answer is that when, 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 when insurance companies set premium rates and they look to see if you've made claims in the past, they don't just look to see if you've made claims in the past, but they look to see who is at fault in those claims. And in the SUM context, in the example that I just gave where the other guy was negligent, um, and, and blew through a red light and you were not negligent, then your premiums are not going to go up um, because you were not the cause of that.
0: Act. So you're, you're allowed to be unlucky is what you're saying?
1: <laughs> um, you, you are allowed to be unlucky, <laughs> and, and, you know, you, if, if you are unlucky, the, if you have SUM insurance, supplemental underinsured motorist coverage or uninsured motorist coverage, UM insurance, then, like I said, you can make a claim to your own policy, and they will pay out over and above the available insurance from, from the tort fees or the, the defendant in, in, in the case.
0: So, so y- y- you, you provide a nice opportunity for me to pivot and maybe turn the table because you're talking about if I was in an accident, that extra coverage would would be the, the reserve I could go to for, for damages.
1: Right, and by if, the way, by, by the way in, 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 car insurance companies do not push, do not promote, don't try to sell you On on getting additional UM sum and raising your UM sum limits, and that's primarily because you know in each state has a Department of Insurance, and, and in each state's Department of Insurance, you know they they will say, hey, you guys can't charge more than X as a premium for this kind of coverage. So so they cap the amount of premiums that insurance companies can charge for SUM coverage. So insurance companies aren't really making money on 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 selling more SUM and UM coverage to their policyholders, and that's why they're, they're not pushing it. Um, and and, and they're, A, they're not making money on it. B, they're, they're paying out more in claims than they're taking in in premiums. So, so that's why your insurance broker... So that's not a business
0: and, they want to be in?
1: No, it's, it's not. Um, and actually what happened recently in New York, and, and um, this may or may not be interesting to you or your listeners, but... In in New York, Governor Cuomo last December signed a bill that mandates that that auto insurance companies match your bodily injury limits to your UMSUM limits. Your bodily injury limits are if you injure someone else. If you're negligent and you hurt somebody else, they sue you, that's your bodily injury coverage. Your UMSUM is if someone else is negligent and you get hurt, this protects you, um, and so Governor Cuomo signed the bill in December of 2017, mandating that the UMSUM limits match the bodily injury limits, um, and and that was a result of um, a lot of lobbying on behalf of the New York State Trial Lawyers Association, and, and which I'm very involved in, and and I go up to Albany every year. with <laughs> Nice the plug. Trial Lawyers Association, um, and we lobby on uh, we we lobby the the assembly members and the state senators for, for bills that, that we want to pass. And, and and the reason that bill got signed was was due to the hard work of, of the New York State Trial Lawyers Association. Yes, I, I, I actually-
0: so, so let me so so but let me put it in the context of this. If if someone listening has been in an accident or or God forbid is going to be in an accident, right? Whether it's an accident or under the context of a medical setting, what's the first thing they should do?
1: Um, the, listen, the, the first thing that they should do, for example, in a car accident is call the cops, make sure that a police report is generated. Um, if they're feeling any pain in any part of their body, they should have an ambulance called. They should be checked out by the ambulance people. They should be... Taken to the emergency room if 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 their injuries warranted. It, it, it's all about, from my point of view, it's all about getting the documentation um, a, a, as soon as possible of the accident and the injuries and everything else. So 911 should be called right away. The cops should should come and generate a police report. An ambulance should be called, and you know that that would be the first step. What's
0: a what's a do not do? I'm sure you've seen those in your career.
1: What, what's a do not do is, you know, let's say you stopped at a red light and you get rear-ended and you say, ah, oh, well, it was just a tap. You know, I, there's really not much damage to the back of my car. You know, I don't want to deal. I don't, I, I'm in a rush to get somewhere. I don't want to deal with exchanging insurance information with the guy. I, I just, I, I won't even worry about it. I'll just drive off and not get the guy's information. That, that's that's a, a definite do not do. Um, you, because, because you might think, oh, it was just a tap. I feel fine. There's not a lot of damage, but then, you know, you get home and later that night or the next day you, you realize, oh, wow, my back is sore. My neck is sore. My shoulder hurts. You know, maybe, maybe this was more than just a tap. Um, and you know, a lot of times, uh, and I've seen it many, many, many times in my career, people don't realize, you know, the nature and the extent of their injuries until a few days or even a few weeks after the accident takes place, um, so that that's why it's so important to get the get it documented, get the police report, get the ambulance on scene, go to the emergency room if you, if you're having any pain um, from from you know from the get go.
0: So you you talk about the notion of time. I, I want to push that that idea. Um, clearly in your in your field whether it 's trip and fall car accidents medical malpractice everyone 's heard of the notion of statute of limitations right we, we hear that even in criminal cases sure, sure. I, I believe this is state dependent but what are the statute of limitations in in this world
1: yeah so so yes it, the, different states have different statutes and limitations for different kinds of accidents um you know and the statute of limitations is also affected as, as with regard to who the potential defendant is. If the potential defendant is a private entity, like or a person or a private corporation, there's one statute of limitations. If the potential defendant is a municipality or a governmental en- entity, like a city or a county or a town or a state, then a lot of times there's a much, much shorter statute of limitations.
0: Wait, can I just stop you there? Why would one be suing or bringing an action against a municipality or a city or a state?
1: Oh, lots of reasons. Um, one, let's say you get involved in an accident with a, with, with a New York City um, garbage truck. The, in, in that case, you know, let's say the garbage truck goes to a red light and, and, and hits you. In that case, the defendant is the city of New York. Um, similarly, in a premises case, let's say you're in a, a city building, let's, let's say you're in city hall or, 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 another city building and you know, you trip and fall because there was a defective step. In that case, the defendant would be the city of New York. Um, similarly, let's say that you're at a, a, at a city or a municipal hospital. There's lots of hospitals in, in New York and, and, uh, in city, in the state and all over the country that are, that are run and owned by cities or counties or towns, um, and, if, and if you get injured as a result of negligence or malpractice at a municipal hospital, then the potential defendant would be that municipality.
0: So I'll go back to my original question, and, and maybe just the answer is it depends. Depending on who the action is going to be brought against, that could have a, uh, an impact on the uh, statute of limitations. A
1: hundred percent. Not only that, but, but, you know, for example, in New York, it's a a three-year statute of limitations in in most negligence cases that are not involving municipalities. In in most negligence cases um, involving private defendants, it's a three-year statute of limitations. But, um, for example, if it's a car accident, yes, you have three years to bring a lawsuit, but you only have 30 days from the date of the accident to file for what's called no-fault benefits. No-fault benefits is if you're in a car accident, um, if whatever car that you're in at the time of the accident will pay your medical bills and lost wages without regard to whose fault the accident is. It's under the, the no-fault law, and, and some states are no-fault states. Some states are not no-fault states. New York is one. Um, Florida is a no-fault state. New Jersey is a no-fault state, um, but a lot of states are not no-fault states. But Um, in, in New York, you have 30 days from the date of the accident to submit your no fault application to your insurance company. So yes, there's a three year statute of limitations to, to sue the other guy, but you only have 30 days, um, to, to, to submit no fault applications to your insurance company.
0: So specific to you, this means that the statute of limitations for your negligence and being my counselor is now, is now passed. <laughs> um,
1: yes, yes, that that is true. The statute of limitations for any damage I may have inflicted upon you when, uh, when when I was when you were my camper and I was your counselor is, has long since passed. Yes,
0: but you but you make but you make the point about damages, and, and and it's a useful word to 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 pick out because in in these cases or in these judgments there are different ways that the, the judgment is calculated, how much someone's going to receive, right? It, it's, we've all heard of pain and suffering, um, lost wages. Can, can you just briefly walk through in a minute or two how, how you figure out pretty quickly on a high level what, what the value of a case is worth?
1: Sure, sure. Clients always say to me, well, how much is my case worth, Fred? Um, and, you know, I say to them, well, here's how we figure that out, right? So what we're suing for... Um, is, like you said, your pain and suffering, your past pain and suffering, and your future pain and suffering. And when I say past and future, I mean, you know, from the date of the settlement or the verdict past and from the date of the settlement or verdict future. Um, the same with lost wages. If you if you are unable to work as a result of the injuries that you sustained in the accident, um, we can also sue for your lost earnings, um, both past and future, which, by the way, includes um, loss of... Fringe benefits, pension benefits, 401k, health insurance, all that kind of stuff. Um, And in addition, we're suing for medical bills um, because any money that you've spent for medical bills um, is all part of the damages that we're suing for. Again, past and future, um, past medical bills. And if, God forbid, your injury is bad enough where you're going to need medical care for the rest of your life, we're also suing for, for the value of, of, of your future medical needs. Um, and, and what I do in those cases is I bring on an expert called a life care planner, and I have my client examined by their life by, 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 by the life care planner expert. And, and, and there are all different kinds of life care planners. I use life care planners who are also medical doctors, um, and they will examine my clients. They will review all of my clients' medical records. And based on their review of the records and their exam, they will say, okay, hey, this is going to be the future medical needs of, of this person. And then they generate a report, and then we, you know, he, he lists all the, they're going to need one MRI a year for the next 30 years. They're going to need a surgery in five years. They're going to need uh, physical therapy three times a week for the rest of their life. And then all that has a value to it, and that value is Part of what we're suing
0: for as well. Um, last question you you were bringing up um, how you come up with what a case is worth, and it got me thinking about. And well, I apologize. I, didn't even I, don't I mean, didn't
1: even I didn't even mention pain and suffering. We can talk more about that. I'm sorry to interrupt. Go ahead.
0: No, I, pain and suffering. What's it worth? You never know, right? What? Well, well, you,
1: you, sometimes you know, sometimes you don't know. In 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 New York State, for example, let's say someone has a broken arm in a car accident and they were in a cast for six weeks and then they made a full recovery. And let's say the case doesn't settle and it goes to trial and a jury decides to award the plaintiff $20 million for his broken arm, which, which, which healed in six weeks, and he had no residual issues with the arm. What's going to happen then is that verdict is going to get appealed to the appellate court, and the appellate court is going to look at other cases involving similar injuries, involving a broken arm, and see what type of pain and suffering verdicts have been sustained in other cases with similar
0: injuries. So, yes. And they're going to say $20 million for a broken arm, short of you being Mariano Rivera is insane.
1: Correct. Exactly. Exactly. Because in, in my example, the pain and suffering ended after six weeks, or, or 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 eight weeks, or however, after the cast came off, and maybe they did some physical therapy for a couple months after the cast. But came my off. stupid
0: example is true, right? Because the lost wages on Mariano Rivera's arm, obviously a few years ago, are a lot more than my arm. Yeah,
1: that was that was a great example. In fact, I had a case recently where my client um, happened to be a, a model. She had been on the cover of some major, major magazines and, and, and she was an, a, an international supermodel. She was in the backseat of a cab in New York. Um, the cab got rear ended. You know that there's that plexiglass divider in the back of yeah, of cab and mounted on that plexiglass divider is the thing where you swipe your credit card. Her forehead went into uh. the credit card machine She had a huge laceration Mm. on her forehead and her modeling career was over. So even though the pain and suffering, the physical pain of the laceration on her forehead, um, you know, was, was limited, her career was over and we were able to use her past wages, her past tax returns to prove her earnings over the over the past few years. And we hired an economist, an expert economist, to forecast out what her earnings would have been in the future had this accident not happened in her career. So, so you right
0: prove that she actually had a million-dollar smile.
1: Exactly, exactly. So let, let me
0: ask one question just as we we get towards the end. Um, I see lots of ads on television that talk about, if you have a, an injury, they're on the subways, call us, free consultation, free this, free that. Can you just generally explain how, how – Fees work in your industry, and why those ads are—I don't know—I call them slightly misleading.
1: Um, well, the, the free consultation part is, is true, right? So it's so true, in,
0: but in, that, right, it, but it, 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 but that's in, not it, any different than the industry.
1: Um, sure, that that's that's true. All personal injury lawyers work on what's called the contingency fee basis. We're not charging our clients an hourly fee. We only make money if we make money for our clients. If we settle the case or we get a verdict, if we collect money for our clients? Uh, we work on a contingency fee in New York. The standard is one third. In most cases, most negligence cases, it's less. In medical malpractice cases, but in most cases, it's it's one third. And so, you know, we can. It, it, it's a crazy business model. And and when you explain our business model to to, to most people they're like that's the craziest thing I've ever heard because we can work on a case for three four five ten years not knowing if we're ever going to see any money at the end of the day on the case and we can lay out you know tens of thousands or hundred thousand of dollars in expenses on the case not knowing if 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 we're going to ever see any money at the end of the day on the case and that's uh, and that's the crazy part about the business model of of plaintiffs personal injury lawyers
0: Fred, I learned a lot today. I'm sure everyone who listened would agree. I'd like to thank you for joining me on this episode. And to our listeners, any questions on this or any other topic, I can be reached at mark.pensner at bernstein.com or 212-969-6655. And you can find Fred at shulmanblitz.com. Until next time, thanks for listening.